Hello, and welcome to the Conrad Life Report for Friday, October the 20th, 2023. It is a very wet, rainy day uh, here by the window in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. It's been mostly drizzling and then some steady rain and then a few downpours throughout the morning and I went running and it was only light rain so I thought because I don't like to run in heavy rain Uh, and it's not cold it's it's 60 degrees but it was light rain which was fine and then when I was running through the uh, little kind of you know pseudo park pathway on the edge of the Whole Foods parking lot in Gowanus all of a sudden it just started pouring so from Whole Foods at 3rd and 3rd down to basically uh, 9th Street, uh, the yeah, 9th Street, it was just pouring. So, uh, but yeah, did a good run. I'm glad I did it, but I would not have gone out had I known a downpour was coming. But yeah, rainy day. Uh, if you If you are in the Northeast, then you're aware that we have had rain for now seven straight weekends, which um, I have to say I don't personally mind it too much, uh, just because at this time of year when it gets a little cooler, I don't mind being shut in on a weekend. Uh, I like watching college football when it's raining out, so I don't feel guilty for not being outside. But uh, I do sympathize with others that want to go do their fun fall things. Um, But otherwise, the weather's been nice during the weeks. Which is, yeah, it is what it is. Anyway, uh, it's been a while since uh, the last episode. As always, I wanted to do one a couple of weeks ago. But then things didn't work out with being alone at the apartment, which I'm never alone here. Uh, I am right now. But uh, so, yeah, let's see. This is episode 105. Um, Well, let's see. Where, Where do I start? I guess just some neighborhood news here. Uh, we have a new taco truck out on the corner of um, Court Street and Sackett Street. It's called Tacos El Brother 3. I believe there's a Tacos El Brother in South Slope, and I only know that because um, my friend Howard checks in on Foursquare Swarm to the Tacos El Brother truck down there. So then when this truck showed up about a month ago, it said Tacos El Brother 3, and I was I got all excited. And <clears throat> as you may know, we have a taco truck a block away on Sackett. Uh, court and union called Casamigos, which was the first truck when it arrived a year ago, and it's good. But uh, I think I prefer Tacos El Brother 3. And what's great is it's closer, meaning it's um, about a 10 second walk as opposed to about a 40 second walk. Um, so uh, it saves me a lot of time. So yeah, Tacos El Brother, it's a new truck. Let's see. Also on the corner of Sackett and Court, uh, well, for many years on the northeast corner of Sackett and Court, uh, there was a funeral home. And like many of the old neighborhoody funeral homes in this neighborhood, um, it went out of business or it closed. There's still a couple left, but um, uh, yeah, I guess that means <clears throat> a lot of people don't stay old in this neighborhood anymore, <laughs> which means no need for funeral homes. Um, so, well, I mean... No need for as many as there used to be. So it closed a few years ago. 
and it was plywooded up, which is kind of an eyesore. Then a few months ago, we started to notice activity, uh, and we noticed some people getting little tours in there as if they were prospective shop owners. Well, anyway, yesterday, the plywood came down, and we got to see a facade, and it says it's like a painted sort of dark slate storefront. And in yellow letters, uh, you know, nice designy letters, it says cheese plate. So we'll see what that is. I actually haven't thought to Google cheese plate as a as a business application or if there's any other locations or anything. But um, as my friend Eric said, um, I hope they also sell beer because our beloved Korean bodega closed over the summer and the next closest deli is kind of more of a smoke smoke shop and their beer selection is is okay it's actually decent but it's small and not very widespread i would like a nice yuppie high-end beer selection <laughs> nearby would be nice uh so cheese plate i wonder what that will be i wonder if that's even the name um and there is another storefront next to it on court street that I guess is part of the same building or ownership because that has the same slate storefront or uh, color facade and there's a big for lease sign. Uh, Let's see, moving farther down Court Street, I had a nice night at Travel Bar a few weeks ago. So my friend Matt Tyson, head of our neighborhood bourbon club, uh, he is a regular at Travel Bar, which is one of the foremost whiskey bars uh, in all of New York City, not just Brooklyn. Um, and they have various tastings, and Matt put out the feelers that we should go to this one tasting by Nashville Barrel Company, which is a new whiskey company in Nashville, new meaning like 10 years old or something. And uh, they're very good. And we said, you know what? Let's all, if he's if he's putting the, is he, if he's putting the call out, let's go. Um, so a bunch of us went to Travel Bar, for this uh, Nashville Barrel Company night, that would be me and my brother-in-law, Drew. Oh, Matt Tyson, of course. Eric Michelson was there. Uh, Patrick Watson, um, uh, owner of Smith & Vine and all-around good neighborhood cat. Um, this guy, Preston, who is a friend of a, of of Mike of my bandmate Mike's and um, now me. And he was there, too. It was, it was a good evening. And um, so it was nice to go down to Travel Bar. Uh just attend a little, uh, attend a little, uh, tasting. So that was fun. And let's see in my neighborhood notes, what else? Oh, well, moving the car, of course, is a pain in the butt again. Um, now that summer's over and the people that go spend the summers elsewhere because they can (laughs) come back with their vehicles. By the way, I'm not complaining as a car owner. I recognize that, uh, it's ridiculous to own a car in New York City, and I would, not happily, but I would uncomplainingly pay for some sort of neighborhood permit parking like they do in other cities, or even if we had to find some sort of, like, actual rented parking spot. But either way, for now, we just move, I move it on the street, and um, sometimes I do the Monday, like, just when the Monday spots open up over on the other side of the BQE, I just go over there and I don't have to deal with the car till the weekend. But sometimes I play the game of just like moving it to a 
on Tuesday, moving it to a Thursday spot and on Thursday, moving it to a Tuesday spot. And that's what I did uh, last week. And as I found a parking spot a block away, I couldn't believe my luck around 7.15 a.m. And I pulled in and as I got out of the car, I saw a man and his dog watching and he just said, I'm sorry, my dog just likes to watch cars park. And I said, oh, great. That's that's nice. And then I, I noticed who he was and I said, excuse me, are you a musician? And he said, yes. And I said, are you in the magnetic fields? And he said, I am. And I just said, ah, I said, I know who you are. And uh, so we talked for a few minutes and he was very nice and introduced himself to me. His name is Sam and uh, he's the cellist. And yeah, he said he just moved to the neighborhood with his family from um, from Manhattan. So that was nice. Welcome to the neighborhood, Sam from the Magnetic Fields. And um, yeah, is anything else going on in the neighborhood? Just been doing the normal hangs with the with the crew, like uh, Pete and Eric and and Chad. And uh, I've had some good chats with uh, Chad lately, just about the nature of being our age in New York City and having been here decades now and just talking about life experiences. And he had a very good, um, I guess you would call it thread, a post on threads, talking about how when he was younger, he thought that older people reminiscing was just simply they were just going through a pure dopamine hit of nostalgia. But now that he's that age, he realizes that it's more about just taking a step back and being kind of overwhelmed by your experiences and just when you share it with someone it's there's this collective sense of it's just insane everything that we've gone through and how did we get here and and I think that's a more accurate way to put it and sometimes we both tell each other stories about our earlier lives and careers and and things we did before we knew each other and it's just kind of yeah it's almost like you have to go process it for it to be real and for your your mind to deal with it Anyway, um, that's been the neighborhood. Let's see. What have I actually done done besides living life? Uh, Well, yeah, it's been over a month since the last one. I think a few days after the last episode of this, I went and saw Pavement. Night one of their four nights at Brooklyn Steel, which was almost, which is basically this was the last week of their reunion tour. Um, They're better than ever. They're better than the 2010 reunion, which was better than when they were around in the 90s. I saw them in the 90s, and I saw them in 2010, and I saw them, like, multiple times 2010, and now I saw them multiple times this year, and they are fantastic. And I hope they don't go away for as long as, for ten another 10 years, because they're getting old, and they know that. And from my little mildly connected sources, I don't think they're going to be, aw- I think they'll play again, and it won't be 10 years, but will they do another full year of touring? My first thought would be no, but then again, I think it financially makes sense when you have to bring in like all of the moving parts and the people involved. But anyway, my guess is five years we'll see Pavement again, and that'll be it, and they'll be great. Maybe they'll be even better then. Uh, And then that week, uh, I went to Homecoming in Cincinnati, which is the Nationals Festival, and of course I'm from Cincinnati, so this was Homecoming, just plain old going home. Uh, Flew in on Thursday. And took a car to um, my house, uh, where my mom still is, and hung out for a bit. And then I went downtown and I picked up Pete, who also came in for the festival. Um, Sadly, Kara could not make it due to a child illness, but I went and drove downtown. I picked up Pete at the 21C, 
while I was waiting for him out front. Uh, a car pulled up in front, and who gets out but Kyle Resnick, uh, my old musical colleague and trumpeter for the National, and so got to see him. So I picked up Pete, and we drove. I gave him a little mini tour of the east side of Cincinnati, where I went to school. And we drove up Columbia Parkway. We went into Mount Lookout Square. Uh, we went parked and went into Zips for a beer, which if you've never been to Cincinnati, when you go, go to Zips Cafe, which is a burger joint and bar. Then we went over to uh, Mad Tree Brewing uh, on Madison Road in Oakley. Uh, we were joined by friends Pete and Roth. Also, Steve from Chicago, Cincinnati native, also was came into town for the festival, and he came in, met us there. Uh, speaking of Oakley, where my sister and her family lives, unfortunately, they were sick, all of them, uh, which is a common occurrence. They're One or more of that family are always sick. Um, so I didn't see them this trip, which is a bummer. But anyway, so after Mad Treat, our whole crew in multiple vehicles went over to Rheingeist Brewing in Over the Rhine, which is where the sort of unofficial be- night before the festival homecoming party was, just like five years ago. Um, at the last homecoming. And so who was there but a bunch of other pals, including um, Scott Devendorf, uh, Alec Bemis, uh, let's see, various members of the national management team and crew, like uh, Sean Gibson, Eric Flanagan, some other people, uh, and then saw some Cincinnati folks I haven't seen in a while, Kevin Carlisle, Amanda Hogan. Um, good crew and... Yeah, had a good time. Drank a lot of non-alcoholic beer that day because I was driving around. Like, I put back probably five or six non-alcoholic beers <laughs> throughout the afternoon. And one or two uh, regular alcoholic beers. But, um, you know, as you know, I'm into non-alcoholic beers, so that was good. It, um, it's kind of funny how your brain is tricked because just standing at a bar holding a beer with no alcohol is a lot better to me than standing at a bar holding, I don't know, water or something. It's just kind of funny how that works psychologically. Anyway, uh, let's see. The festival. The festival was great. It was uh, on the riverfront again, but this time it was not in the actual park because in the five years since the last one, there has been built a music center venue, which has both an indoor space, which it looks like it's like a 2,500-seater uh, brand-new boxy indoor space and then an outdoor lawn um so the festival was on the outdoor lawn and there were um merch sales and other food vendors and everything were inside the venue so yeah who did i see uh, a lot of artists um Bartiz strange patty smith the national uh the let's see the next night what did we see? wait was that way blood oh yeah no, that was patty smith was that night and then um what night were the Walkmen? They were that first night. The Walkmen, Walkmen were great. Uh, got to hang out with um, Hamilton from the Walkmen after, who I hadn't seen in a couple years. Uh, sadly, my buddy, my old, my old pal Walt, uh, was tied up with a family thing, so I didn't see him. But um, yeah, so and then watched the National. They played High Violet Night One. Um, let's see the s- second night. Second day, there was uh, Weyas Blood, who were uh, really great. Um, Pavement, which is the highlight of the festival for me. This was the last night of their tour, which is kind of funny. It's very Pavement that the last show of their reunion tour, which of course could be their last show ever because you never know what's going to happen, was a 
just before the headliner headline festival <laughs> slot. Um, so it was very funny. And they were fantastic. I watched with my new friends, uh, Barton and Carrie Seaver from Maine, who I met. They're friends of uh, the Walkman guys. And I met them the, night, the day before. And we've kept in touch. And it is very nice to meet great people that you have things in common with and stay in touch. Um, I know there's been, it's funny, there's been a lot of articles and stuff about making friends. And people have fewer friends than they once did. And generationally and do people want to make friends? And my my well, my friend Gabe, my bandmate, we were talking about this separately a couple of weeks ago, and he said, "I don't want new friends. Um, I like the friends I have." He and he goes, "I don't have." He has a very small number of friends, uh, which is, I think, by his design. And he said, "There's a guy in his town that wants to be friends with him," and I feel bad for this guy uh, because maybe you, you know you move there and you don't know anyone. But he's like Gabe said, "I don't need any more friends." And I think I don't need any more friends either, but also if the opportunity presents itself, uh, why not? And then very coincidentally, the following day, I saw an article in the Washington Post about some 104-year-old in Baltimore, and he said the secret to life, long life, was making new friends. How about that? Uh, So anyway, I met new friends, and the National were great. Uh, Seeing a lot of people that you see at national shows was great just a fun time so shout out to all of the cincinnati people and everyone who traveled there um let's see oh i got back and then the following day i went to see peter gabriel at madison square garden uh rotten timing because i was so tired and busy but i went and uh went with my friend scott from stereo gum and he got very nice seats we were 11th row on the floor uh, which is, I would recommend seeing Peter Gabriel, um, as close as possible. <laughs> it was great. Uh, sat next to Mark Goodman from MTV from one of the original VJs. And as somebody that taped MTV back in the old days on my VHS tapes, when I was like 10 years old, it was uh, a thrill. And I honestly would have said hello to him, except 10 seconds before intermission started, he and his friend ran off, presumably to hit the bathrooms and stuff. And then one song before the end of the show, he and his friend left. So I didn't get a chance to actually say, I love you. Um, but anyway, and then I learned that all of the original MTV VJs have radio shows on Sirius. So now I think I should get a Sirius account. So Peter Gabriel, <clears throat> fantastic show. Audiovisual. Uh, if you haven't heard, he's touring a new album, which is not even out yet. But the songs have been trickling out one by one every um, Harvest Moon or every New Moon this year. And the new songs are so good that... I actually felt like when he would sometimes play an old classic song, it was distracting. Uh, It depended on the song. Like, Digging in the Dirt felt perfect. Um, In Your Eyes, of course, perfect. Uh, But Big Time, I didn't need to hear that. Or I would have preferred, like, something slower, like a Games Without Frontiers. Or, as my friend Rick notes, he's a fellow fan of Passion, maybe something from Passion, but... Anyway, great show, Peter Gabriel. And as I've, I've long bought his DVDs of his previous tours because the stage sets are so amazing. And this one was almost tame by comparison. It was not surprising because the band's getting older. But let me tell you, they did not seem like older. It didn't seem like we were watching an old, old band. Like when Genesis had Phil Collins sitting on a chair the whole time. Um, and the visuals were fantastic. Every song had different visuals by a different artist from around the world. What a show. Uh, 
Anyway, Peter Gabriel. Hero. Um, let's see. I Get Wild played a couple of shows uh, that week, actually. Played the back, went back to the Falcon in Marlboro, upstate along the Hudson River. Love that room. Uh, then the next night, we played the Cutting Room here in the city, which is kind of like... Um, cutting Room gets like... Not like indie artists, like the type I would shows I would go to, but more like people go out for dinner and drinks and they sit there and they watch these like great musicians. Um, what what were you doing there? You're asking. But anyway, um, we played our friend David Nagler with his Brazilian tinged band as for the future opened. Uh, Ray, our drummer, drummed for him. As for the future is excellent. Go see them. They play around Brooklyn and Manhattan. Um their percussionist is Mauro Rafusco, longtime David Byrne percussionist. He was uh, in the touring company and show for American Utopia, touring band, I mean, and the Broadway show. And he sat in with us for a few first few of our Talking Heads set, and that was a thrill. What a great guy. And that was very fun to play Talking Heads songs with somebody that plays with in David Byrne's band. We've had a lot of great sit-in guests in I Get Wild, and it's just uh, it's wild. Let's see. What else is going on? Saw Velocity Girl at the Bowery Ballroom, a classic 90s sub-pop group from Washington, D.C. They reunited uh, for their first couple of shows in 20 years. They played the Black Cat in D.C., and then they played the Bowery Ballroom. And that was a fantastic show. They were really good. Uh, went with, let's see, went with uh, Pete and Chad from the neighborhood. Pete and Kara and Chad from the neighborhood went with uh, college buddies Mark and Jim and Eric, we were Velocity Girl fans in college, so this was fun. And just saw a lot of the uh, older indie rock New York City uh, people, scenesters, you see. Very fun show. Uh, had great dinner at Thai Diner before. Highly recommend Thai Diner on Mott Street. And before the show, we also had a beer at Epistrophe and also Antler. Great places. It was fun to be out on the Lower East Side for a night, a uh, Saturday night. I uh, saw Stop Making Sense, the re-release Talking Heads film at Cobble Hill Cinemas. Uh, Mike Phillips, my I Get Wild bandmate, said, let's go before it's out of theater. So we went on Sunday night, joined by our friend Chad and his friend Tariq. And, the, I mean, to see this movie on the big screen, highly recommended. I kept thinking I needed to see it on IMAX, which I'm sure would have been better, and or at the Alamo. But Mike was finally like, you know what? It's playing a couple blocks away. You know, let's just go see our in, in our neighborhood small little theater. And I'm glad we did. And I mean, I mean, everyone was just stunned. So great. And of course, we had to repair it to Bar Great Harry after just to process what we had just seen. Great night. Um, hit a few other uh, old time places that I hadn't been to in a while. I'm looking at my notes. 68 J Street Bar down in Dumbo. Um, it's a fine bar. I don't like their beer selection, but... Uh, had a Taka Taka reunion there with uh, Gabe, uh, Drew, and also JP. And between us, we covered like four different eras of Taka Taka. <laughs> uh, I, Gabe, of course, has been in all of them. I was in three of them. G- JP was in two of them. Uh, Drew was in one of them. So, uh, But Drew was in like maybe the main one, <laughs> most successful one at least. And uh, so J- 68 J Street Bar. Uh, Brooklyn Social, which I now go to uh, on Smith Street because they take credit cards. I've always liked it, and it's very much a winter bar. It is not a summer bar, if you ask me. Um, but 
our old friend Sam, old neighborhood resident Sam, was back from her home in London. And her and her boyfriend Olaf and their friend, uh, who they stay with here, local friend Lana, we had a nice night at Brooklyn Social. It was great to see them. Um, I don't think they listen to this, but if Sam, if you're listening, thank you for the uh, tote bag you brought me from London. Um, speaking of other rainy day, cold weather, great New York places, the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Uh, we went there last Saturday on one of our uh, every Saturday rainy days and specifically wanted to see the Manet Degas exhibit that's going on through January. Um, mainly, well, I love Manet. Manet and Cezanne were like my two favorite 19th century French painters. Uh, but the the draw for this exhibit is that they have Manet's painting Olympia for this exhibit. And Olympia has never before been um, shown outside of Europe. It's usually in the um, Orsay. So to see it in person was, um, I was moved. I, I would say I was nearly moved to tears. I couldn't believe I was standing in its presence. Um, so go see this exhibit at the Met. Um, what else? Saw the Walkman, my old buds, the Walkman, um, for the third time this year. Of course, I saw, well, actually, this is the second time I saw the Walkman in this podcast episode uh, time frame. So, of course, saw them in Cincinnati and then saw them uh, one month later, a few days ago, at uh, the King's Theater in Brooklyn. And it was a great show. Yet another reunited band that sounds better than they did the first time around. Although not too much better because the Walkman sounded great the first time around. So I went with Pete and Kara and also our friends Mike and Gia and had a good old time. And then I took a car home. I was out front waiting for a car. And as it was pulling up, I see my friend Graham McIndoe, my neighbor and friend Graham McIndoe, who was there taking photos for the Walkman of the show. And he was looking at his phone. I said, Graham, you going back to the hood? And he's like, yeah, you? And I was like, yeah. I said, hop in. Um, pretty sweet deal for him. So <laughs> he was standing outside, and then he got a free ride home that he didn't even expect. So the Walkman, great, great show. And speaking of old New York City music types, um, just two days ago, I was doing. I was on my um, usual midday work uh, constitutional through the Rockefeller Center Underground Concourse, and I ran into Mark Knight, uh, longtime Bowery Ballroom and Mercury Lounge front of house sound engineer, also sound guy to the National in the very early days, and Grizzly Bear and Beirut and many other things. Um, probably, uh, probably uh, by consensus, one of the, if not the nicest people in the New York City indie rock scene. So we stood sort of in front of Dunkin' Donuts in the concourse and caught up for 45 minutes. That was awesome. Oh, this has been going on a long time. I guess I'll just quickly go through the sort of the media stuff here. Music. The only, I know I've listened to some stuff. I can't think of it right now. And I don't, only, in my notes, I barely have everything, anything. But Javelin by Sufjan Stevens. Excellent, excellent album. And also... My most recent obsession is this new recording of gold, the gold, Box Goldberg Variations. Excuse me. Box Goldberg Variations by this Icelandic pianist named Vikinger Olafsson. It's out on Deutsch Gramophone. It's so good. And I also bought the CD, and I may buy the record when I get a, my record player up and running again. Um, so, yeah, Vikinger Olafsson, Goldberg's, his Goldberg Variations. And I loved it so much that I bought tickets for his show at Carnegie Hall in February which is almost sold out. Um, so I guess people know about this guy. Um, books. 
since the last time I had a podcast, I finished Testimony by Robbie Robertson. I loved it. Um, I get why it ended at the last waltz, but I would have loved to have hear, heard about his 80s solo stuff. Um, Mellencamp by Paul Reese. Very good. If you have any interest in John Mellencamp, excellent book. I mean, if you don't have interest in him, no reason to read it. But man, I don't know how his band dealt with him because he was uh, admittedly a jerk, uh, but also just passionate. Uh, a passionate person that, all, that, that sometimes veered into jerkdom. Let's see. Bit Rot by Douglas Copeland. Love the Canadian Douglas Copeland, who, of course, wrote Generation X, thus coining that term, and also wrote The Great Life After God, which I really had a wonderful time reading once one glorious summer in Ann Arbor. Um, and, of course, he wrote Pol- Polaroids from the Dead, which is a great little book. But Bit Rot is a collection came out a few years ago um, of essays and very short, quirky stories. And I read All That Man Is by a British slash hung, uh, well, British slash something writer named David Saleh, S-Z-A-L-A-Y. This was apparently a Booker Prize finalist a few years ago. It's a novel, but it's really nine short stories, but about kind of (laughs) men, men who have, men who are failure, European men of different ages who are failures or not failures, but just have a rough time getting through life. Even the quote unquote successful ones are, have hidden things they're dealing with but mostly the men are kind of pathetic in this book it's really just a dazzling book like the writing is so good and it's also a page turner which is rare like when you get books that are like oh this is clearly great i am enjoying this as opposed to um oh this is absolutely incredible and i can't wait to tell people about it this one was both of those all that man is right now i'm reading some book called rock concert which is just a uh, oral history of the rock concert promotion business. And it's okay. Uh, I'll tell you more about it when I finish it. And that's it. I think I'll wrap it up. All right. Um, and I didn't even want to talk about what's going on in the world because that is too um, overwhelmingly and sadly existentially de- uh, depressing. But yeah, I'm thinking of all of you. All of you. Okay. Friends, uh, this has been episode 105 of the Conrad Life Report. Friday, October 20th, a rainy day here in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. Please take care. Please be nice. Um, Please take a deep breath, and I'll talk to you next time.